episode 25 and this episode's double feature is a pair of films from Takashi Miike Japanese uh we'll, so we'll call him prolific prolific Japanese uh filmmaker we're gonna be talking Itchy the Killer and Audition so these were uh picked by Travis let me go ahead and introduce him what's going on Travis welcome oh not much Matt Cool. And Paris, what's going on? I'm tired. What else is new? Yeah, well, <laughs> you got a little bit of energy uh, for uh, talking these uh, artful, artful films? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I will say off the top here that I don't really find these to be that horrific. Um, they I have, was going like, to ask. H- horrific or gory imagery. But beyond that, they don't really feel feel like horror movies to me. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, what else? What else would you call them? Like with that kind of gore factor, you know what I mean? Maybe this is a conversation we should have when we're actually like t- talking about the movies, because I do think that's interesting. Um, well, I think it's interesting, especially since Travis picked them. Mm-hmm. Yes, I and am- even my uh, last pairing, you could say, is very light. In terms of being an actual horror film, remind me your last pair, uh, Panos. Oh yeah, Indian. Right. Beyond the Black Rainbow. You're just on a director tear lately. I see. I, but they do qualify I mean, according it, to IMDb, so I'm in the clear. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, preface that. Yes. Yeah, we should come back to that conversation too because I think that's Definitely. interesting. Um. Well, let's let's just dive right in. Uh, the first film we're going to be talking about uh, was actually chronologically released second, but we're going to start with Itchy the Killer. Uh, pl- let me read the plot synopsis from IMDb real quick. Uh, as sadomasochistic Yakuza enforcer Kakihara searches for his missing boss, he comes across Ichi, a repressed and psychotic killer who may be able to inflict levels of pain that Kakihara has only dreamed of achieving. Directed by Takashi Miike. Uh, this one, uh, both of these films, I would say, have a, a reputation for being uh, very graphic, very difficult to watch. We'll see if that's how we felt. But uh, let's start with Itchy. Who who wants to go first on this one? If there's no volunteers, I can go first. Um, I can go first. Let's hear it, dude. Itchy, what's up? So I would say overall I was a fan of Itchy, but um, I was a little disappointed. I was hoping I would like it a little bit more. Um, I did like the style of it. It did feel a little bit like uh, Blade Runner and The Matrix at times. Just um, <laughs> mainly like the look of the city and some of the costumes for Blade Runner and then like the music and maybe some of the like camera work or editing for The Matrix. Um, but yeah, pretty weird and fucked up movie as well. Uh, although I didn't think it was too graphic um it didn't like surprise me really in that factor i was expecting more just uh because of its reputation but yeah uh i didn't really realize it was a manga manga however you say it and it's basically just like a crime thriller drama (laughs) (laughs) cat and mouse kind of a thriller type movie yeah, and then the last thing I'll say is I thought Itchy was the guy on the poster with the, like the slits in his mouth. Yes, I have <laughs> also think, thought yeah. that the whole time. <laughs> so that was yeah a little a bit of a revelation there. 
Yes, that was. I, I def. This is a movie that I definitely know from its reputation, and from seeing that poster. So, like, those are my two main reference points for this film. So, to find out uh, within the first, well, less, less than ten minutes that that's not even itchy, what a mind fuck, right? Oh yeah, just starting out with a, a mind fuck, right? A mind <laughs> fuck and a, a puddle of cum. Just exactly what I look for in a movie. <laughs> oh my starting god! Starting off on the right foot. Um, I'll, I'll piggyback on that real quick. I also liked it quite a bit. Um, compared to audition i did find that it was a bit more more stylish and i i enjoyed that aspect of it um i do think it was pretty fucked up i'm not gonna say i was like you know i wasn't disappointed or thought that its reputation is you know like what's the big deal i thought it was pretty fucked up it made me uncomfortable in a couple places i think it's just probably doesn't help that we on this very show have watched some pretty fucked up movies so it's like you know it's not like one of the most disgusting movies I've ever seen, but it's pretty gross, <laughs> especially with some of its, um, uh, you know, like he's literally punched like a, multiple women just get like straight up beaten. You know, it's like tough to watch. And there's some pretty gross, gory moments, but um, loved, loved the fascination with the uh, cutthroats, you know, lots of just total bloodbaths in this movie which there is one really good one <laughs> yeah towards the end killer bloodbaths <laughs> um but overall my one thing is that there's really not a ton of rewatchability with this one for me so it's like like it's just graphic enough to where i feel like i don't really want to put myself through it again and it's just like you know i feel like that brings down the ceiling a little bit just because i don't necessarily see myself returning to it but Overall impression was uh, pretty positive. Paris, I'm, I'm curious uh, where you landed. Me and Travis both seem to be pretty positive. Especially after your text that you sent us shortly after starting. Yes, <laughs> mere minutes into the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I did not like this movie. Um, I think it was interesting, Travis, that you mentioned Blade Runner and Matrix, because while I do see what you're saying, I think it took all the like the superficial aspects of those and then didn't have anything to say beyond that. It was, as Paul Hollywood would say, all style and no substance. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very I... surface level uh, comparison. <laughs> it's basically yes. an aesthetic. Yeah. Kind of the... and, and I get that. But those are like top tier movies for me. And this is bottom of the barrel could not dislike a movie more i mean trash I just <laughs> literally i forgot travis that you picked this and i was like fucking <laughs> matt <laughs> champion of trash again <laughs> yeah i just and the thing is i used to be a like a pretty i wouldn't say a fan of torture porn that's not quite the right term but i used to like appreciate torture porn for what it was but i also need a little bit of story or for it to be goofy so it's funny like the later saw movies got to the point where i appreciated them because they're kind of goofy mm -hmm. it was a little goofy to me but that might just be a cultural thing <laughs> It, it was goofy, but, like, not in the right... Like, by the time the goofiness was there, like, we'll probably get to this later. The opening but like credits when... are pretty goofy. <laughs> yeah, I would say I so. I wouldn't <laughs> say goofy. See, this is the problem, I think. I'm I don't know. All that was a lot of cum. <laughs> no, no, no. Comical okay. levels of cum. I have, like, Comical. 500 things to say about the cum. <laughs> 500 things. But, a comical but... moment. <laughs> But really, I think that was part of the problem. It was all like the weird sexual stuff or like the violence against women that like really made me like I didn't I didn't like well, appreciate no that really the way I was like, <laughs> well, no, but like like chopping off like a man's neck or hanging him by hooks from his skin. I'm here for it. But like ch like slicing a woman's nipples so she'll tell you where her boyfriend is like I can't I can't do that. And I, I just or a guy coming while someone's being raped, I can't, like, I just, it's not goofy, it's just, it's too much, it's like, I can't do it. I'm, I'm very upset that you yeah. guys made me watch this. Um, that's, I don't know that's... the source material, but you gotta blame the source material if it uh, originated from that. 
I mean, I don't because I this shouldn't have been a movie. <laughs> also, I uh, you know, quick trivia bit here. I wasn't able to confirm this on any like really reputable sites, but a bunch of different places said that the opening title sequence is real semen yes. collected from the cast members that they actually so where did that where did that tidbit come from? Was is that like IMDb trivia? Or? So I looked at IMDb trivia and then I was like, this true. sounds well. That's what it's like. This sounds too fantastical. Let me look it up. And I found a bunch of different blogs and websites. Now this movie's from two thousand one, and it's not exactly like a big budget blockbuster. Mm-hmm. So it was difficult because there weren't any things refuting it. And they all said basically the same thing. But I I want to be very clear that this isn't like this is still technically alleged. Right. But Right. A lot of different sources were saying that. So okay, so we don't have the New York Times verifying the facts, but multiple sources right. attest that this was real. Come, cool, cool. There was no Snopes <laughs> being like, "Yep, this is <laughs> right. real." But no like, fact checking. <laughs> but like a lot of different places were saying it enough so that I was like, "Okay, this is." I at least need to mention this. Hey, fake come was not in the budget, so. They had to get creative. Oh my god, you guys! It's free, right? This is what I'm talking about. Like that, that the creativity, the come of it all, the come of it all. Like, there's a reason that I'm not on the cream team, right? I'm on the screen team with you guys. Like, I don't want to see it. I don't like it. Like, please don't come in my movie. Thank you. Yes, that that is fair, and it's also fair. I mean, especially with these types of movies where they're definitely trying to be provocative and and grotesque like everybody has a threshold with this kind of stuff right and i had never seen this film before so i did not know that there was going to be that much like sexual violence in the movie you know what i mean so everyone has their like you know what they're willing to put up with in the name of entertainment and what is just not worth you know like there's a certain point where it just goes too far everyone has a different limit and None of us had seen this movie beforehand, right? Had you seen this, Travis? Nope. Or no. Yeah. So I had never seen the film, so I didn't really know exactly what to expect as far as specifics. But yeah, I would um, say it hasn't aged well in that regard, though, because with all this triggering stuff in the movie, it would definitely turn off people, especially this day and age. Well, I mean, I think that's the point of it. Like originally when it was shown at the Toronto Film Festival, it was like shown with barf, like barf bags were provided to the audience. Like it's supposed to be evocative. I just, personal preference, what I like to be evocative is like violence. I'm, I'm good with brutal right. violence. I just don't like sexual violence, I guess. Like I'm yeah. good with women's throats being slit, but not their nipples being cut off, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And for me, okay. anyway, that that was the toughest, maybe not toughest. That scene grossed me out the most just because, if I remember correctly, it happens pretty fast. Like, I, I don't remember what yeah. the scene, I don't remember what the scene was right before, but it's like a pretty there, quick cut to like all of a sudden there's is. a woman getting her nipple chopped off. The intro to the scene, like they cut to the next scene and they're slicing nipples. And at first, Not you can't really. even tell if it's a man or a woman. Like there, that it's just a, a close-up shot, slicing nipples one like one across the other. It's very intense. Also, it made my butthole clench the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I mean, maybe I shouldn't be so uh, visceral, but I just I spent a, the whole movie just in a constant state of like tension. So. I am curious what you guys thought about the length of this movie. Cause I definitely do feel like, especially like the middle third kind of dragged a bit for me. Like, I don't know if this movie needs to be this fucking 130 this is, minutes. Right. You know? It should be 90 minutes. Perfect. 90 minute. Movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Max. It's so definitely a little too long. I do think this is a movie where I could say I enjoyed it, but I don't know if I can necessarily tell you what the fuck happened in it. Like sure. Point a to point B, I can kind of follow, you know, what's going on, but from a scene to scene, like there's a lot of characters and it, it's bouncing back and forth between, you know, Ichi's storyline and he has his whole backstory and his handler or whatever. And then it's going back to, Kachi Bara or whatever the guy's name is, who's like has his own thing going on with the Yakuza. And it's just like, 
I don't know how you guys felt following the plot, but I, at a certain point, just kind of stopped caring about being able to follow like yeah like who is this where why are they torturing this guy how is he connected to everything you know that kind of thing but at a certain point i kind of stopped caring i'm curious if I'm, you guys had a similar experience yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because um i thought i might, might be the only one who uh was a little confused throughout <laughs> this movie uh because yeah there is a lot of characters and a lot of meetings of those characters and yeah, it's hard to keep them all straight. It seems like a pretty simple plot, but it, it there is a lot of plot in it. <laughs> I would say it's mostly plot, this movie. Like, yeah. If you really look at it, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. lot of people just kind of talking to each other and, like you said, having meetings and, like, following clues or leads, whatever you want to call them. Like, I don't know. Paris, you, you were about to say something? Um, well, I thought it was interesting because I watched this with Kurt because he actually owned the DVD copy. And immediately up after I finished watching, I was like, okay, Red I'm flag. concerned. Why do you own this? Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> concerned. Do we have to break up? Like, what's happening here? Um, he was like, yeah, I haven't watched it in a long time and it does not age well. I'll probably toss that. Um, especially because we actually started watching the DVD copy and the quality was trash. So we watched it on Travis's Voodoo. Um... But he described it as like, he's like, oh, yeah, it's like a live action anime. And my immediate response was, oh, it's like one of those animes that doesn't make any sense that I fucking hate. Like, (laughs) I I don't know if it's just like a not understanding or something like a cultural not understanding. But there's just like quite a few of those that like, I just like don't like it just feels like scenes are skipped or like we should already have information or like what is happening now or like what is the plot here what's the story like I don't really get what we're doing and that was this movie for me like I just in between scenes of like 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 take the nipple scene that we were talking about for example like I know that they were trying to like get information from her about her boyfriend but like why like, I don't really, right. you know, like, I, I guess, like, I don't know, just things kept happening. And I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this now. So it sounds like we actually all had pretty similar experiences in that regard. Just like Definitely. barely following along with what's happening. And when things are happening, it's uh, pretty gross. Speaking <laughs> of things not making sense, um, let me know when you guys want to talk about the ending. We can we can talk about it about it now unless Travis there was something specific you wanted to to touch on. Uh no, nothing real specific here. Okay. Do do remind me I want to circle back to the, you know, is this a horror movie type of conversation towards the end. So don't let me forget. But um Paris, let's talk about the end. What are you going to say? So did the ending make sense to y'all? Um, like the very, very end, or do you mean like the climax between Ichi and like the very, very end, like the last scene and a half? The guy in the tree. <laughs> I mean, the guy in the tree, but also like the end of the fight on the roof, and then the guy in the tree. Um, I mean, I there were some things I'm confused about, like who that kid was <laughs> at the, at the end, you know, who's like kicking Ichi. Like that was, that was the cop's son that had, that he, that Ichi had saved. And what, right. But why was he, why was he there? Kicking him? He, why was he even there <laughs> in the first place? <laughs> they live in the same apartment building. Oh, right. So he just like happened to wander onto the roof. <laughs> no, he was like following his dad. Remember when his dad earlier is like, nope. see, I didn't, I, I fucking hated this movie, but I feel like I understood it maybe more than you did. <laughs> well, no, I understand what, like what was happening there. I guess just from the scene to scenes, like I, I, I was confused when the kid was there. So I must've just mm. zoned out or something. If, if they showed him, no, he like ta- talked to his dad, like during the fight and the dad was like, stay here. But obviously he like followed him up to the roof or whatever. Right. Okay. Um, the, the very last shot, I don't know if I understand that. Cause that was, who was that? He was like a younger, supposed to be like the younger version of, 
I guess I don't really understand who that was. Like the very last so, shot. So, Travis, do you want to? Did you understand uh, it? No. Because <laughs> okay. I because I looked it up, and apparently the manga has a much more clear and I think better ending. So the person in the tree was the guy that had was Ichi's like handler, like old fart yes. or whatever. Yeah, I got that. Um, and then the guy walking behind the school children was that little boy grown up more. Which doesn't really make sense in the context of the movie. But um. in the manga, I guess the ending is like um, the um, masochist guy. Yeah, is it Sadist Vasquez? Yeah. The masochist guy wants Ichi to kill him, but Ichi's being a little bitch. So he stabs himself in the eardrums, throws himself off the building. Ichi doesn't actually stab him in the head. He's just imagining that because that's what he wanted. Then, the in the manga, the little boy now becomes ultra-violent. Um, as, like, because he, like, looked up to Ichi, and, like, then the old man kills himself in order, because he perpetuated this, like, cycle of violence, which I think is more meaningful and interesting, and the movie was just kind of like, he dead, here's a weird scene. Well, I think you describing that to me, I do think that's what the movie is going for, too. I just didn't understand who that was supposed to be at the very end. So if that is supposed to be a slightly older version of Takeshi, I think is the little kid's name. If that's supposed to be an older version and we're meant to believe that he has become, you know, like witnessing this, like a Dexter thing, right? Like he witnesses this horrible violence at a young age and it basically like ruins him. I think, I think that's what the movie was going for too. Right. That, it makes sense to me now that you described it's a, maybe a little bit more explicit in the manga. But that, that's how I would read that ending after you describing that. That sounds me. like a manga ending. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Tracks. Um, I thought that the final, like, climax scene was pretty cool stylistically. Like, the two of them fighting, it was doing this, like, not slow-mo, but it was almost like there were frames missing. And it was very stylized, like, with the color. It was almost like it was blurry. I like the way that they handled that, and I love the the way the audio was when uh, Kakibara like first put the needles in his ears, like how it was like super loud and like distorted, and then just cuts to silent. I thought that was a pretty cool like stylistic touch. <clears throat> yeah, that was pretty cool. The effects of that though, not so much. <laughs> oh, the ear canal. Not hold up. <laughs> yeah. That did not look Hey, good. there was, to, to tie uh, this movie to one of our previous episodes, there was a scene that was very reminiscent of a scene in Cube. Mm. Getting sliced in half. Yes. That was the other scene mm. I was about to bring up, because it also it didn't look pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> oh, did you guys, so one of my favorite scenes, and one of the most shocking scenes, like horrific scenes for me, was when uh, Kakibara like basically takes the pin out of his cheeks and that dude punches him in the mouth and he just like full on has that dude's arm in his mouth and he's like chew like he bites him really hard like that was like genuinely yeah. shocking to looks me. like uh, Jennifer's body at the end of <laughs> I was thinking that too but I just I I at that point in the movie I had forgotten that his cheek flaps opened. Like, I right. know they show it in the beginning with him smoking, but Kurt had to literally, cool I was like, yeah. I was like, what even happened there? And he was like, remember, they open. And I was like, do they? They just look like scars. And he was like, yeah, remember, he was like smoking at the beginning. And I was like, remember how I got these scars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, it was very Joker-esque to me, yeah. the whole, the, the smile scars thing. I liked that, though. I thought that was pretty, pretty freaky, actually, and effective. I don't know if that's how you guys felt, but that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, dude. Um, so y'all are a fan of when he deep-throated that guy's fist? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very sexual. Very Added sexual. to the horniness of the movie. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, any 
anything else you guys want to mention before we talk about, uh, you know, is this a horror movie? Does violence alone necessarily make something a horror movie? Uh, I don't really have anything else, but I will say that one of the hardest scenes for me to watch was the, the dude hanging by the little clamp things and then the, the, uh, the hot oil. Yikes. Yeah, the the oil is what, what grossed me out. Um, so, some people do that shit for fun. It's called, like, suspension. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. F- maybe for fun. Yeah. No, for fun. Not, some not people are into me. that. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's it's for, for fun, pleasure, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. Fun fact about that scene. It took 12 hours of makeup and prep uh, for the guy who is hanging and uh, 12 hours to shoot the scene. It was so that intense. Does not sound like Jesus. <laughs> Homeboy was just hanging there for twelve hours. <laughs> We're not leaving until we get the shot. <laughs> Poor guy. Um. Cool. Cool. Okay. Any uh, anything else specific before we have a quick uh, horror movie convo? I'm good. Cool. Yeah. So interesting question. Uh. Is this a horror movie? I mean, obviously, you got IMDb on your side, Travis. Um, Mm -hmm. But separated from that, is this a horror movie? If so, why is the fact that there's horrific violence, like, can that only be in a horror movie unless it's in the context of, like, war? You know what I mean? Like, let's start. uh, Well, Travis, you brought up the point initially. Where did you land? Do you think this is a horror movie or would you classify it rather as like a, I don't know, a graphic thriller or something? I'm, yeah, I guess you could say it's like one of its subgenres is horror due to some of its imagery or some of the content in it. Because uh, some people just, I think, uh, categorize, you know, certain content as horror, like even like just rape itself could be considered horror just cause it's like horrific, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, but for me, I don't really think it's a horror movie to me. Yeah. It's just like a pretty violent, like comic books, like action thriller type movie. Yes. I think I agree with you. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, it's not just, the graphic content i mean it is we are dealing with a serial killer and a fucked up you know mobster essentially who loves torturing people so i mean there are elements of horror in here beyond just the violence itself i mean you know there's the tropes of a of a murderer and torture and that kind of stuff but it just doesn't really feel like a horror movie. I mean, we can have this conversation a little bit about audition too, but like, I, I guess I, I do understand why people, like you said, kind of put the horror tag on it. I don't know if I'd call it a horror movie though. I will probably I, lean thriller. And well. Yeah. We can talk about it more later, but I think audition is more of a horror movie than this one is. Hmm. Agreed. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Cool. Okay. Well, what um, about... I would... Oh, yeah, sorry. yeah. Go ahead, Paris. No, was... You guys were calling it a thriller, but I would really... To me, it was just an ultra-violent action film. Like, it's very fast-paced. There's a lot going on. It felt like a like a John Wick, but, like, ultra-violent. Yeah, I don't know if I would agree with calling it an action movie, though, because there's really not... Pretty much all the action sequences involve dismemberment and, and torture. There's really not a ton of like, I don't know. Like, I guess when I think of an action movie, I think of like not enough explosions. Well, not not even explosions. <laughs> not a, not enough car chase. <laughs> honestly, honestly, Travis, that's a good point. There was no explosions in this, so it's not an action movie. Right. Well, Travis just ended the conversation. No explosions. No action. Um, but you know what I mean, though. Like, I, actually, I there was think... one explosion in Ichi's pants. Got him. Got him. <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> um, 
But I feel like the thing is that the movie is kind of propelled by the, the plot. I don't think it's a very good or interesting plot, but it is very plot motivated. So that's kind of the part of the reason why I would lean thriller because it, it is invested like in this like cat and mouse story between the two main characters. And when there is action, it's like I said, it's very centered around like destroying somebody and not necessarily like a fight between individuals. Like, I don't know. I feel like for me, for it to be action, there, there needs to be a little bit more back and forth. The violence in this movie is very like, perpetrator right. against it's a less, victim you know less fight scenes more torture I, I get that that's fair i don't feel strongly about it i mean i don't know i also think some of the like the way it's shot or edited and some of the music makes you think or you know make it feel more like an action movie but like to matt's point right there's not a lot of like traditional action beats yeah, I would say this almost falls like outside of the genre, the traditional genres, because like, well, obviously we're a horror podcast, so we're technically collecting it in there. Um, I feel like a horror movie has to have a level of like tension to be scary, and I, there was very few moments. Not saying there was none, but there was very few moments in this that I would consider to even be tense. Like the violence was usually pretty swift and unexpected and there there was a, pr- a lack of tension i think in that to me horror movies live in that like tense those tense moments yeah i mean honestly the best way to describe it might be live action manga in a sense right i mean yeah that might be the most accurate way to describe it <laughs> yeah cool anime irl this is huge <laughs> all right Let's go ahead and give star ratings, and uh, we'll move on to audition. Um, four out of five stars for me. Uh, I'm a three point five. Okay, so we haven't really talked about this before. If we're allowed to do this, um, oh, no. <laughs> but I'm giving this zero stars. Oh. Zero redeeming qualities. <laughs> oh man, zero. Like I really, I don't. Maybe I. Do, I don't know if I. So fully, you were I didn't just hiding wanna, like, your star rating on Letterbox. It, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't. I wasn't hiding it. Like I, I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys about it before because I didn't want to ruin my star rating for y'all. But like, man, really talks about it. If we can give zero stars, but if so, I give Ichi the Killer zero stars. That should be your review on Letterbox, so people know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not hiding my score. This is really <laughs> a okay, zero star perfect. movie. <laughs> I right. I agree in the sense that it needs to be political. Like I would give my zero star movie would be Trash Humpers. <laughs> mm, fair. You know what fair. I mean? Like if you're going to go zero, it needs to be because there is like some sort of hate behind it. So if that is the yeah. case, I agree with you. Yes, you can give it a zero. More so than anything else we've watched on this podcast, I was like, I can't believe I'm being forced to watch it. Like, this was almost a DNF for me. And Kurt was like, well, you've got to finish it. What are you going to say about the last half? And I'll be like, yeah, you know, there was stuff happened. It was cool. And I just want to talk about it. Also, I'm going to need you to pack up your stuff and get the fuck out of here because you own this on DVD. So I don't trust yeah, you right. anymore. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair to Kurt, um, he did after he watched it. He was like, oh, no, I think I don't remember watching this. And maybe it was much younger. Like, he immediately lit it on fire as soon as. Yeah, like he very much was like, let's not like I don't want to own this anymore. <laughs> I'm probably on some watch list somewhere already. Right, right. <laughs> because after watching it, I was like, you've, you've seen this movie? You own this movie? And he was like, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Well, good well, job, they, Travis. Yeah, they can't all be winners. Mandy was a five. Ichi was a zero. So, But I think that in itself was a good pick because it, it 
evoked a very strong reaction. That's the middle true. of the road here. <laughs> this is good. Well, that's the perfect segue to see if Paris is a Takashi Mika hater or is this like a Lars von Trier situation? Are we going zero to five? <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Um, moving on to part two, we're going to be talking Audition, which uh, is another Takashi Mika film and perhaps has a bit of a uh, more prestige uh, kind of reputation. Um, Audition is a movie that is on a lot of, you know, best horror movies ever lists, most shocking movies ever. I'm pretty sure the first time I ever heard about this movie was on, did you guys ever watch those? Like, I think it was VH1 or AM, like uh, AMC um, that had those like, like the hundred scariest movies ever or like hundred most shocking. Oh, yeah. I think that was AMC. Anyway, I think Audition is on that show. I'm pretty sure that's the first time I heard about Audition. Um, Let me read the plot synopsis real quick before we get into it. A widower takes an offer to screen girls at a special audition arranged for him by a friend to find him a new wife. The one he fancies is not who she appears to be after all. Directed by Takashi Miike. Film stars... Uh, I suppose I could try to read these. Ryo Ishibashi, Ihishina, Tetsu Sawaki, Jun Kunimura. I'm not, I, I'm not actually familiar with any of the actors in this movie. Were you guys? No. No. So, audition. A uh, bit more reputation behind it. Was this a first watch for the both of you? Yes. Uh, no, I had seen Audition before, but I literally remember nothing. You know, maybe like a couple stills, but uh, don't remember it at all. Interesting. Okay. Similar similar to me, I remember there's a couple images, I guess I'll say, <laughs> from this film that I remembered. Um, didn't remember a, a ton beyond that. So uh, who, who would like to go first on Audition? Any takers? Paris, you went last last time. Sure. Unless you really I'll don't want first. to. No, it's okay. Um, just starting off strong, I did like this a lot better than Ichi. Um, <laughs> at the eight-minute mark, I made a, a comment. Uh, well, no one has come yet, so I already <laughs> like it better. Um, <laughs> yeah, I um, mostly enjoyed the slow burn of this movie i will say uh, i did have uh, i had heard of the movie before and actually had it on my list of potential future picks um so while i liked it i will say i was maybe maybe a little disappointed because again i don't know if this is a cultural thing but i was expecting a more psychological thriller style like fatal attraction or basic instinct where you're kind of like it's kind of like a sexy a sexy uh psychological thriller and that wasn't exactly what i got um but i still overall i would say it i enjoyed it it ticked the boxes yeah i would say like it, it leans more towards like like a Yorgos Lanthimos movie than it does like a fatal attraction. It's not an erotic thriller, although it could have been right. Right. Very much not though. (laughs) Should have been erotic thriller. It it leads you to believe it's going to be. And then it really turns you on your head. (laughs) Yes. And (laughs) even before the third act, like it's funny that that you say that like in, in the, around the second act, there's the scene um, the first time they have sex, very cold and very awkward. She just like gets undressed and like gets into bed. You know what I mean? And it's like that well, could don't have forget the part where she pulls a sheet over herself and just shows him her legs. Right. It's very strange. <laughs> <It's so> awkward. <laughs> um, overall, I so this was the second time I had seen this movie. I remembered. Not liking it a ton, but there were things I admired about it. So, like, I had it logged as a 3.5 from the first time I had watched it. And, I I mean, spoiler, my rating didn't change. It's still 3.5. I found it a little slow. 
Um, it's tonally like it's kind of weird. Like there's some music choices and just some things that are just kind of goofy. And especially the first like third, like as the auditions are happening, um, totally. I thought there was something that just seemed kind of off. And um, I do think the third act is, is really strong and, and pretty fucked up and horrific. Um, overall though, little, little disappointed. It didn't, uh, it didn't really swing either direction for me on a rewatch. So it's kind of where I'm at to start. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I thought the first hour was a little boring and slow and doesn't really feel like a horror movie whatsoever. So I am curious how this movie was marketed because maybe that was the point to like, you know, try and trick the audience and then have this crazy final act. Um, Because I think the third or whatever act, the final like 30 minutes or so is awesome. Um, I I thought the torture scene itself was amazing. Just like uh, how drawn out it is, how much like pleasure she gets from it. Even like when she's saying deeper deeper and it sounds like she's saying like kitty 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 yeah (laughs) oh my god so So good good. (laughs) so good i kept doing yeah (laughs) yeah that part was amazing but i don't know i just wish the the hour leading up to the end was a little more enjoyable or had a little bit more of like a horror feeling to it um kind of like black swan you know black swan that you get like little snippets of horror throughout the movie but it's like a, a gradual yes like increase of horror this one there's like nothing and then just an onslaught of it at the end well there's there's a tiny bit of it i mean i think it's probably about 45 minutes into the movie the first time we see the her bag. sitting in the room with the bag right and then the that's bag true. twitches but that's basically I, it like there's not was beyond that yeah go ahead Sorry, uh, I was just going to say, I, like, fully agree with Travis. Like, Black Swan is probably a great, like, comparison. Because Black Swan feels like a descent into madness, where you're not sure what's real. And it kind of plays with the same thing the third act does, where it's, like, showing you images, and you're like, is this happening? Is this imagined? What timeline are we on? Like, it feels very, like, leaves you with a lot of questions, and it's really interesting and engaging. But it's a descent into there. And I feel like one of the, while I enjoyed this movie, one of its flaws is it's kind of a very, like, the first two thirds are this kind of sort of sappy romance almost. And then that last bit is just like, bam, sudden intensity. Yep. And I think it could have benefited from more of that in the first two thirds. I agree. Yes. I feel like there's not, like slow burn horror, it's difficult to do the slow burn part correctly, right? Like I think a really good example of slow burn horror would be uh, House of the Devil, like Ty West's like seventies yeah. style movie, because it's like not a not a lot happens in the first two thirds, but there's at least a degree of tension. Yeah, but that one, I feel like there's more dread. Like you can just sense or feel like something sinister or something, you know, bad is going to happen eventually. This movie, I don't feel like you really feel that as much. Exactly. And I think, I kind of think that might be intentional because based on my limited, my very limited interaction with Takashi Miike's work, I think above all, he is a provocateur. Like he wants his movies to frighten people. Right. So to do it this way. He wants people to give him zero stars. Right. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I feel like, yes, like he's looking for the most extreme reaction. I gave it to him. Yes. So to do it this way where it's like, you know, kind like there are moments I would even consider like twee in the beginning parts of the film, like especially the auditions. Right. Like, so it's so corny. And I love that part. I loved it. I, I loved it too. the weird. I like the weirdness of it. I liked the, all the different ones. I liked the, the, the variety. I liked the concept. I found it very interesting. And so it was kind of a, I don't know. I, I don't know. I really liked all that stuff. And then I feel like the middle third really drags. Like, even though, yes, we get shown the bag at, like, the 43-minute mark, I just, 
I felt like that could have benefited from more of like a like they try to do it where they're like oh her agent doesn't really exist and and what's going on there and then they pretty quickly are like she's like that's not really my agent okay we're done right she has the right answer for his questions yeah all right cool no more tension bye yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it does make like i do think there there is some unease and tension in those scenes like we've already talked about it like their initial like sex scene just like the coldness of it and it, it, it does very much feel like she's manipulating him because it's like you know it's exactly what he'd be looking for in a woman so for her to be like that subservient to him and like clearly there's some degree of manipulation happening there so i do think there's a little bit of tension in some of those scenes but i agree the movie would have been it wouldn't have been the same movie if it had kind of embraced that like sense of dread in the early moments like you know the early acts of the film but I think it would have been a better movie for it. Although I don't know if that's necessarily what Takashi Miike was going for here. We haven't really touched on this yet, but I found the camera work to be super interesting. And I loved like, especially like on their first date where it's very, it's shot in like a very POV kind of way where it's like, he's taking us as the audience on the date and we're like, Oh, haha, you know, whatever. And I don't know, I just really appreciated that. And um, I found the the distinction there of, like, usually scenes aren't shot that way, right? They're usually shot, like, over the shoulder or something. Um, right. It made me feel very, like, involved and very invested. Like like I said, like, we were being taken out on a date. Right. Almost, there's, like, an intimacy to it, to the way it was it was framed. Well, and during the torture scene, yeah. we, we get it from his POV and she almost like breaks the fourth wall at one point and it's like looking into the camera, like talking to it, but it's, it's him. And, but it, you know, she is looking directly at the camera talking. You know, what's interesting is I felt like that made it so much more intense, even though like his torture scene, the acupuncture is rough, but like if we use like Ichi the killer, like the scenes in Ichi the killer are way more extreme but I felt more like because of their using that like intimate camera work, like you said, Travis, like it feels, it felt, even though the, the needles are way less extreme, it felt more intense for me. It felt like, oh God, like I'm being stabbed with needles right now. Like I'm getting this very like intense acupuncture. Well, and yeah, even though it's like exposition, she does set the scene up pretty well, like explaining that he's paralyzed, so but his nerves can like still feel all the pain or whatever and then like it just like goes very in detail with the pain like when she sticks it in his eyes and she like rattles the pins oh yeah she like wax it and like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man that was good, that was tough the one that got actually got me worse was that he had the pins like in his crotch and she just like pulls his pants like up over the pins, and I like had a full body shiver. I was like, "Oh god!" <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. It, it, it well, it's weird to say it helps, but I do think that audition gets some points there in the sense that the violence in Ichi like starts out from the beginning. You don't really get any violence until the last act of this film, so it's a little bit more potent i guess because it's a little bit more unexpected um right a little bit more prolonged too because that's basically like a i don't know i would say the torture scene itself lasts probably close to 10 minutes that might be a little much but no i think it's a little bit longer than that even because i checked and it starts at like the 20 minute mark and it goes almost till the very end of the movie so i must have just been so my attention was just so wrapped on the screen. I just lost track of time, I guess. It's uh, it's long. And it is very effective. Um, although, I think one of the images that I remembered from my first watch was the guy in the bag, like, drinking the vomit out of the dog bowl. Like, 
there's just something so like okay i literally had to i had to cover that. my eyes and be like tell me <laughs> tell me tell me when the dialogue starts because i can't i can't watch this yeah i mean you see you hear her vomiting in the background and then you see her like in the dark and then she like walks into the light and puts the bowl down and it looks like cream of chicken soup or something it's so gross no it looks way like, worse than that. <laughs> okay can i say though Another unconfirmed internet rumor that I tried to find from a reputable source but couldn't. Apparently there's a lot of these about these films. Um, According to the director, the actress actually vomited because, quote, she was a method actor and wanted to do so. I don't think that's correct. Yeah, I don't think. Based on the consistency of the vomit but maybe she ate soup and then threw it up i don't know i this this one i was less likely to even mention because it felt less real but i just find it interesting that like some of the ethos of the these movies is like it's fucking real people are disgusting like you know that very like this like human oh i don't know what you call it like like vomit and semen you know like like people are really like getting gross when they're right. doing this i don't know there's something very visceral about that yeah i yeah. think that sounds like horseshit to me but i think he's that seems like i mean as a provocateur like he that might seems like start that rumor totally i feel like maybe that's the same with the cum thing like i feel like it seems like something the director was like hmm what will make people even more grossed out what if they knew that this wasn't a prop what if they knew that this was real real shit no effects like do you think that seems in character? It's true. Do you think though that that's where the jackass guys got the idea for the pube beard, where they just like have everybody on the crew just like you know add their pubes? Do you think maybe that's where they got the idea? They heard so the rumor about the cum jar and were like, oh, we should do that with our pubes. <laughs> what's funny is I almost mentioned it when we were talking about that. Like that feels very <laughs> jackass and like not like a feature film. <laughs> Yo, every, guys, we should all come in this jar and we can put it in the, the title card. It'd be so sick. Oh, man. That's probably exactly what I want to know down. is whose finger traced the title in that cup. Right. Whose jaw was that? Was that, did Takashi do that himself or did he make a PA dip his fingers in the Some cup? poor PA was right. like, no, please. <laughs> this is my first movie. Best boy got to play in the cum. Hell yeah. Uh, do you actually, do you guys know what a best boy actually does on a film set? No. He's like the assistant to the gaffer or something, right? <laughs> I don't know. Does a gaffer need an assistant? Oh, I thought you were like, I thought you were about to tell us, Matt. No, I don't actually know what a best boy does. I think that's just the funniest film credit is best boy. (laughs) Have you always wanted, you know what, Matt? I want to put that on your, on your tombstone. (laughs) Want to be best boy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea what a best boy does. Uh, there's uh, two two kinds of best boys. There's best boy electric and best boy grip. They're assistants to their department heads, the gaffer and, you know, the other person. Hey. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so I know some things, apparently. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Um, what else? What else? Anything else we want to One talk One little about? thing I'll say, and it is a little obvious because it is the basically the iconic image that's associated with the movie, but I do really like her get up in the torture scene. Yes, definitely the most iconic. Uh, oh visual. yeah. And Love that leather apron. I want to say that latex your one of your favorite directors, Matt, Eli Roth borrowed this look <clears throat> for hostel, right? Uh, yeah, he probably Doesn't that did. sound right? He's so a... not only did he borrow the look, um, the director was actually in that movie. In Hostel? Yes. He, Kurt looked it up after. He was in Hostel because Eli Roth was so inspired by him that he wanted him in the movie. Interesting. Also, I don't know if these are all legit features, but Takashi Miike has 112 director credits, according to Letterboxd. Oh, dude, Takashi Miike is like one of the most prolific filmmakers that I can, I can think of. If you look at his filmography, he puts out like three or four movies a year. Yeah, and I have probably not heard of like eighty to ninety percent of these. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he, um, well, it's interesting. That guy has had a crazy career because I think 
he might just be like all about money or something because he makes like video he's made multiple video game adaptations he's done like family movies he's done all sorts of crazy shit i think he just just likes making movies like yeah. at a certain point you he's like a director to, for right? hire it's like steven soderbergh <laughs> yeah dude he's the japanese steven soderbergh for sure <laughs> pushing the boundaries like okay just just in the year the audition came out he made man a natural girl ley lines silver dead or alive salary man kentaro and man next natural girl 100 nights in yokohama so that's a seven movies in one year. In one year. That's just the year the audition wow. came out. This guy it's is a real prolific. job horse here. He, well, he'd be working. Soderbergh has 47 director credits on Letterboxd. <laughs> Got some catching up to do over there, yeah. Steven. Jeez. It's <laughs> a rookie number. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's, he's an interesting filmmaker. Um, I will say, I don't know if I'm really like itching to like finish his other movies, you know like i'm not gonna be like <laughs> you're not itching uh, i'm not itching for like diving into his filmography head first but i mean it's even interesting i'm looking at his wikipedia page and his other best known films never fucking heard of them have you seen yeah have you seen his other heavy hitters like 13 assassins visitor q You've at least heard of those. I've heard of 13 wait assassins. 13 assassins. I yeah, may I've have heard of seen that, that. Visitor Q is supposed to be pretty fucked up. I think it was compared to Dogtooth when Dogtooth came out. Visitor Q? Uh-huh. See, I know 13 Assassins, and he did One Missed Call, one missed call like the original One Missed Call, because oh, they remade that, that in America. Um, Maybe we should cover some more of him later. We could do 100 episodes about this motherfucker if we wanted to. <laughs> it's got enough content. What? Although I, I wonder how much of this All we horror? could... Well, no, not well. Okay, fair point. Not not all horror here, but interesting. Okay, uh, anything else before we uh, wrap her up? Nope, I'm good. Oh wait, star ratings, right? Is, yeah, yeah, is that part yeah. Of the wrap up. Yeah, part of the wrap up. I I just <laughs> gotcha. I just looked up Visitor <laughs> Q because I had never heard of it. The poster of Visitor Q is literally some dude sucking on a chick's titty. In like a greenhouse. All right, so we gotta cover it. We gotta see Visitor Q. <laughs> oh, it's like documentary, like home movie style. That sounds like some Harmony Corinne ass bullshit. And yeah, I'm less I invested. Don't even think about it, Travis. Yeah, we're gonna do a Visitor Q trash humpers double feature. Uh, <laughs> really wanting to push Matt over the edge no. so he kills himself. No, no. He um. <laughs> <laughs> can't right. do that to Matt. Let's give. Well, I mean, Travis did it to you this episode, right? Not on purpose. Maybe not drove you. Yeah, to but, but I didn't. I didn't know about it beforehand. I didn't know I That's would true. have that reaction That's beforehand. True. Okay, let's give star ratings. Uh, I already alluded to it. My star rating did not change on a rewatch. It's a three and a half for me on audition. I'm gonna go four stars because I liked this one more than Itchy the Killer. So, really, I thought mm-hmm. I thought you were on the same side as me. I thought you liked Ichi more. Nope. Damn. All right. Well, Paris, we know you audition. Audition had higher highs. <laughs> God. Agreed. Um, yeah, I liked it quite a bit more. I also gave it a 3.5. Found it enjoyable a little bit. Um, like I said, slightly disappointing. Probably if it had gone more the psychological thriller route, it would have been closer to a 4.5. A sucker for those. But overall, decent. Good. A good entry in the torture porn sub very cool all right well that's gonna do it for episode 25 um next time next double feature it's my turn and the theme for my picks is a star is born we're gonna be talking about starry eyes as well as the nicholas winding refin feature the neon demon both of these are films about uh, young starlets moving to Hollywood, looking to uh, make it in uh, show business. And uh, things are very different than they expected. It's going to be huge. Can't wait to get into it. That'll be the next ep. Anything you guys want to mention before we uh, close? 
Nope. Where can we watch Starry Eyes and Neon Demon? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Paris. <laughs> the Neon Demon <laughs> is an Amazon original, so you can watch that on Amazon Prime. And Starry Eyes is fucking all over town. It's on Peacock, Tubi, Vudu, IMDb TV. It's got to be on Shudder, right? All of the best. It's not. <laughs> it's not on Shudder wow. anymore. It used to be on Shudder, but it's not. But you can stream it on all of those places. Basically, all of those, like, budget like who uses these streaming services three yeah yeah. (laughs) exactly uh so you can find starry eyes there uh that'll be the next episode thank you everybody for listening before we go huge shout out to kurt morin for providing the theme for this fine podcast thanks again kurt we'll be back next time thank you everybody for listening stay spooky stay scared and shit i (laughs) <laughs> Come on, you got it, Travis. Stay slaying. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, guys.